uh, to introduce to you Pastor Ian Froud uh, from Oxford Baptist Church. That's not Oxford Terrace Baptist. That's Oxford, that place up there in the hills. That way, I guess it is over there. Uh, and his wonderful wife, Beth, and the two boys, they've come down here to support him. What do you think we're going to do with him? <laughs> yes, who knows? Who knows? But uh, we've gotten to know this wonderful couple, Christine and I, over the last few years. Um, they are part of the Hanma ministry team that operates um, once a year. They've come on board that, and it's so wonderful to have both of you uh, on that team. And both Ian and Beth are, are, are a couple in terms of their walk with God and the way that they just, something that I've talked about here, pastor the Holy Spirit. Mm. We've talked about that as a church, haven't we? About making room and space for him to do what only he can do. Um, this is a couple that exemplify that. They live it, they breathe it, they eat it, and they sleep it. <laughs> and we just, we're so privileged to have you both here with us and the boys here today sharing with us. And we look forward to what God is going to do no pressure. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, <laughs> come on up. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Oh, man, it's good to be here, actually. I was talking to Greg this week, so Greg's our senior pastor, and we were thinking, man, like we love St. Albans, you know, and they've got connections all over the place going back for years, you know, and Robert Denise with Paul Christine, John and Sandra with the worship team. Um, I saw, a, I mean, I spied Bradley uh, playing the drums. I didn't know he played the drums. It was awesome. Um, and so, but it's just heaps of connections. So we, I started with uh, Don with the icons, uh, Brian Vision College. So, so just heaps of stuff. And it's actually, yeah, you're kind of, you're like a sister church to us. And we, and we're, we watch, you know, your journey. And, and I know you guys uh, watch ours as well. And and so just know we've got your heart, and uh, we're, we're praying for you guys. And, and through the seasons, as, you know, the changes happen, uh, that, that actually God's for you, eh, and he's not against you. And um, man, I was really excited about actually sharing. I, I listened to Paul's message last week, and I was like, awesome, that was cool. Talking about the Holy Spirit's a person, and that, he's, that he speaks, that he, he, that he loves us, that, um, that we can grieve him, that, that he can get excited over us, and, and also that he has power, you know, and, and when I was a kid, um, I grew up in Woodend, so it's this morning, so my, it was about just really sort of sharing what that looks like for me, like what does it look like to be led by the Spirit, and so I sort of wanted to take two streams, a few points on like what does that look like personally for me, like the inner walk, you know, the inner sort of transformation, what is it, what is it, what is, how does the Holy Spirit speak to me? But and then also partnering and stewarding that presence and like and, and, and doing ministry with people and how does he work through us? And so I just want to give some like super practical sort of um, stories and, and tips really um, as to what that looks like for me. And so I started off, I, I grew up in Woodend, so it's about, I was in a country boy, and uh, I had, had an older sister who I, you know, hassled mercilessly. As uh, you know, as part of the brothers should do. Um, but my my journey. So I went to church, and my parents still have a strong faith, you know. And and I loved kind of Sunday mornings, sitting and, and drawing pictures and listening, and uh, and just hearing, you know, the words spoken. Um, but it was also a time like there's no internet, there's no mobile phones. Uh, we, we had, there was no compact discs, DVDs, you know, it was just TV, it was me and a highlight, it was Roadrunner at sort of after school, 
that was good times, you know, and it was like BMXs, tree hearts, that sort of stuff. Mum and Dad were um, tight, but we had, I think once a fortnight, we could afford fish and chips, you know, and just, that's what, that's what it was like. It was just life. It was pretty simple. And, and so uh, that, was, that was me, and I loved it. Um, uh, fast forward, I went to university. I met, met Beth, and we've, I'm just working it out. We're 20-plus years now. So I was like, woohoo. So I met Beth at university. Uh, we, uh, I did management science, and, which was like, and got into software programming. Um, and so it was, I loved it, actually. And, uh, and I went overseas. We spent five years in London and wrote software over there. Um, we traveled to 35 countries. So it was like, and it was just when the EU opened up all the Eastern Bloc countries, so no visas, man. It was awesome. So we got over to Poland and Hungary, Czech Republic, up to Russia, down to saw Egypt, saw all these countries, and, and it was amazing. We went to HTB, which is a Holy Trinity Brompton. So that was where Alpha comes from. So we, we went there and we got involved. <laughs> and uh, and it, was, it was like life was good, right? But there was this nagging kind of background noise, and it's like, there's got to be more. Like, there's got to be more. There's got to be something else. You know, I had a lot of head knowledge, right? And, but there was, there was just this rest in me, like a holy dissatisfaction for, for kind of my journey so far. And, and so verses like um, John 14, 6 um, this is this is Jesus speaking to the disciples, and he says, "I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you, and be with you forever." And and I found out that that word "another" in the Greek means like for like. It means like of same substance, right? So Jesus is like their mentor. He's their disciple. He talked to them. He lifted them up. He challenged them, like he was a person, right? He was, and he was God. So he was like super personal. And, uh, and I looked at that, and I thought, okay, so he's giving us the Holy Spirit. So he is a person. He speaks. I knew it in my head, but, but kind of I hadn't experienced it. I hadn't really gone to my, maybe moments or sort of little tastes, but, but it wasn't like real, I guess, in my life. Um, I wasn't walking in it. And then another one that I loved was um, Romans 1.16, like, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First Jude and Gentile. And I was thinking, yeah, so it's not a good idea. Like that power, that's the word we get dynamite from. Right, so it's like explosive. It has the ability to blow things apart. Uh, it has the ability to, you know, to, to change things in a moment. And so I was... You know, again, I sort of knew stuff, and I was like, but man, where's the power? Like, where is it? I've seen it in people, but I haven't seen it in me. I haven't carried it. And I was like, man, there's got to be more. And then there was another one that I, I loved. This is Paul um, in Corinthians. And if you know about Corinthian church, it was like a mess, right? They'd, he had planted it, left, and there was a whole lot of um, leaders who were um, sort of uh, vying for, well, actually, the leaders were cool, but the, it was more the, um, the sorry, the, uh, the, the people were like aligning themselves with different leaders, and it was sort of, you know, who's the coolest, who's the best, there's a whole lot of stuff going on, you know, and this is Paul, and, and he says this, he says this is the challenge to them, but I'll come to you very soon, so he's saying, I'm writing, I'm going to come and see this church, right, and if the Lord is willing, and I'll find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, 
but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And I thought, man, if you showed up in my church and, and you asked me, Ian, what power do you carry? What gifting do you have? That really shook me up. I was, I don't know, I don't know if I could answer that, you know. And 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 uh, so I had this passion for. I just, I, I, there was this hunger in me, and it was like it's like a cell phone, you know, like going from one bar to five bar. You know, I felt like I was on one. I was on patchy reception, and I wanted five, man. I wanted just full broad width, you know, and I wanted to be. I wanted to see God move, and uh, so fast forward, right? So now I'm thirty. <laughs> I've, but we, we moved back, where, um, we had our, a couple of our kids were, were on the scene. Uh, I was uh, at, we, we came to Oxford Baptist, to um, Morrison Miriams, uh, they were the senior pastor there. And we were, they did a Holy Spirit um, night. And I remember I was there, and, and man, and, and I'd heard, we moved to Oxford because we heard, this is a, everyone said, oh, if you want to live in the country, uh, Go to Oxford Baptist because they've got it's an awesome church there, and so we're like, great, we're going. That's it. Find find a church in Oxford, and uh, sorry, find a house in Oxford, and so I'm there right at this Holy Spirit night, and the, a word comes through like, and it was like, uh, there's a picture of two sheep on the hillside, and it go every time the sheep go to eat the grass, right, the birds will come down and distract them, and they couldn't eat, and it was like. <sighs> Yeah, that's me. I feel like every time I try to like, kind of connect with God, um, I just get distracted. I get fearful. I think, oh, no, what's it going to look like? I, I wonder if I'm good enough. I, like, just my head gets in the way. You know? and, I, and I thought, yeah, that's, uh, that's me. I'm one of those sheep. And I, and I look up, and like, two people had already gone, oh, it's me, it's me. You know? And I've gone up. I was like, oh, darn it. I've missed it. You know? and, uh, and I was sort of feeling a bit flat about it. And then, then I just heard uh, the Holy Spirit say, well, how long are you going to wait? <laughs> I'm 30, right? Like, how long am I going to wait to get hungry, to get desperate for him? And I thought, stuff it, no, there's three sheep. So I went up, you know, and, uh, and, and I was like, yes, you know, oh Lord, I, I want more, you know, and and I was standing there, and, and not a whole lot happened. You know, I just and I, th- I didn't know what. I, actually, I, I didn't want a trip. You know, I just like I wanted the real. I wanted the authentic. I wanted I wanted to go from my head to my heart, and and, and really know the Holy Spirit and uh, and walk with Him. And uh, and so I remember I was just sitting there, and and I, all I knew was don't leave. You know, just don't leave, Ian. That's all. And so I just waited. And, uh, and Morris walks past, and he said, Ian, you know what? I believe God wants you to be a warrior and not a warrior. <laughs> Man, that went deep. And I was like, that's true. I've been worried all my life. I've been, that's been holding me back for 30 years. And, uh, and I was like, and in that moment, I kind of like surrendered. And I just thought, God, I just, yeah, that's it. That's me. I want to be a warrior and not a warrior. And I felt this like this intense burning, and, and I, like it was like electricity going through my through my whole body, and uh, it was really funny actually. I felt like the Hulk, I, like I felt like you know kind of felt like huge, and you know, chest was out, and I thought, oh yeah, I better check my check my chest size after this. Maybe there's some <laughs> permanent like you know change, 
but it was like, but actually it was like in the inside, right? It was like nothing shifted on the out. My, like, my world didn't change, right? But everything changed because God spoke and, uh, and it shifted me. And I, it was like, okay, it's time to get on the pitch. It's time to start out. It's time to get into this and, uh, and to put my front foot forward. And so that's my first point. Are you hungry? Because the Holy Spirit's attracted to hunger. He's attracted to desperation. Derek Prince, he, he has this catchphrase, the desperate get delivered. You know, because it's like, yeah, that's true. And it's like, God, I don't care what it looks like. I just need a shift. I don't care if I'm a puddle on the floor. I don't care if I'm plopping all over the place or whatever. But I just need a breakthrough. So the desperate get delivered. The Holy Spirit is attracted to hunger. Because hunger gets us over our fears. It gets us over ourselves. It gets us into the game. And so I just want to encourage you. Are you hungry? Are you dissatisfied with where you're at? Um, and pastors get hung up on this stuff all the time. It's not, you know, it's, uh, it's life, isn't it? It's just our hearts. It's our stuff. We had only a couple of years ago, I was, we, in, at Hamner actually, it was, we were in a, in a meeting and, and a guy um, was there and he was praying and uh, he was just asking, yes, we were going around just praying for people. And, uh, and he was like, and I was sort of, so I was just going along the line praying and uh, got to him and I was like, hey bro, you want some prayer? Yep. I was like, okay, what do you want prayer for? I just, I just, I need a touch from God. I just need, I need to know him. Okay, awesome. And uh, so I prayed for a bit and anything? No, nothing. I was like, okay. Uh, right, so we prayed a bit more. Anything? No, nothing. Can't, nothing, not feeling. I was like, don't worry about the manifestations. It's about what's going on the inside. And anything, nothing. And I was, but I knew, it felt like, I felt like a real heart for this guy. Like, it's like, my heart, you know, compassionate. Like, he really wanted to break through. And, uh, and I was like, okay, Lord, what, what, what's going on here? And sort of out of, and I sort of went, well, have you ever experienced God in your life? And he was like, once. I said, like, whoa, man, what happened, you know? And he was like, well, I uh, went to Easter camp when I was like 15, 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago. Went there when I was 15, and uh, one of the first Easter camps that was going, and they had the Holy Spirit night. And uh, he, he got really touched. His mates got touched. Uh, and uh, and uh, I don't think he even had a faith that, the, or, you know, he wouldn't have professed himself to be a Christian and, as such, and, and it was pretty new. And, and he... Uh, and he was like, whoa, what just happened? Like, that was, that was insane. Like, you know, da-da-da-da. And, and he tried to figure it out. And, uh, and he was, you know, this, what he experienced. And, and, I was, and I thought, that's it. You're still trying to figure it out. And, and, and so I sort of, I tried to ask him a question, and I had about three stabs at it, and I was like, Lord, what is it, you know, and how do I phrase this? And, and I got it, in the end, I got it, and it was like, would you be willing to lay down your right to figure it out? And <laughs> that's it. So for him, surrender looked like God, you know what? You can do anything you like, but as long as it's in this box that I know how it works. Outside of that, no, no, no. 20 years. You see? And so for him, it was like, and in that moment, it was like, oh, God, I, find, I get it, you know? And so, and so that's, that's God's sovereign, right? And he's not going to do what we want. And he'll wait for us, but he won't cross your will. 
most of the time. <laughs> but it's like, hey, you know, he, he will wait you out. You come to him on his terms. And so, so we all struggle with this. So the first one, so I just felt, just say, hey, are you hungry? Because, man, he's real. And, uh, and man, when we step out, when you encounter God, when, when you break through, uh, everything changes. So the second one was, I guess, point was just dealing with your heart. Allow God to deal with your heart. And uh, Timothy Keller calls our hearts an idol factories. You know, and idols are things that are, you know, that actually, uh, we, we don't, wouldn't use that language ourselves, would we? We wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I've got an idol, you know. But it's like, actually, idols are things that, um, that we put value in. Man, they are worth something to us. They help give us meaning. They give us value. They give us worth. And, and often you're blind to it. You don't even know it's there until it gets touched. You know, it's like, whoa. You know, and, and when you do, boom, it comes up, you know, and you feel threatened. You feel vulnerable. And uh, so, so here's a story. And this is something that I encourage you about is that actually God dealing with you and, and working through you happens concurrently. Like if you're waiting there, think, okay, I've just got to get to the, I've got to get to 80% holy, then God can use me, you know. It doesn't work like that. It's like actually just start serving, just start stepping out. And, he, and your heart will get exposed. He'll, deal, he'll show you uh, what, what needs to be uh, dealt with um, just in walk and in, in life. And so, for example, when I first started a youth group, and I was asked to, 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 uh, yeah, to lead youth group uh, probably in about 2012. And I was there, and I was sort of a young lad, and, uh, or young, you know, young in my 30s. Uh, and I, was, I thought, yeah, okay, I can do this. So I started um, you know, planning for the youth group. And, and at the time, church was broke. We didn't have, like, you know, supper money for for the youth, you know, for all the food that they chew down on Friday nights. And so I thought, okay, we'll just do a donation, just a gold coin donation to help out, you know, to boost the coffers a bit. And so, so that's what I did. That was my first decision was, was to do this. So I advertised youth group on, you know, Facebook, da-da-da. And I'm going out of the supermarket, like, with my bags of food. And I, I walk into, and a friend of mine who's in leadership, uh, and he goes, and he says, oh, Ian, Hey, uh, I just heard, rumour has it, that um, you're looking at charging money, uh, you, know, a, you know, gold coin donation. Well, I think it's the wrong thing. Uh, little kids are thinking they're not going to do it now. They're not going to come to youth group. And, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was a good heads up, but actually it was loaded. It was like uh, what I felt at the time. It was like a stab in the back, and it was like, and actually what came at me was like, see, you can't even make one right decision. That's the, that was what the attack was. Like, you're useless. You're, what are you doing leading this? You could, that, that's what came at me, right? And uh, before my first night, so I kind of like, oh, yeah, thanks, bro. Um, yeah, cheers for the heads up, you know. I walked kind of slumped into the car and I, and I was, a quite, I was a shell at youth group. I was like, yeah, g'day, guys. Yeah, I'm really excited about youth group. Yeah, have some fun. Yeah, see you next week. You know, it was just, by Sunday, I decided I'd worked out that, no, no, it's wrong. It's not for me. I'm not the wrong person called, you know, da, da, da. And, and uh, so it was like a, it was just a straight spiritual attack uh, and on, on my call. 
And so that's what happens. And so rather than bearing it, you've got to deal with it. You've got to, get, you've got to go down. And so that came from, uh, when I traced that back and why that affected me so much, because as a kid I was bullied uh, quite badly, and, and, uh, or it affected me badly. And uh, so there was always a sense of like worthlessness I sort of I didn't expect friends really to hang around. In fact, it was a it was a friend who used to do it. So it would just be like he'd be best mate one week and then he'd just switch, and I never knew which one I was going to encounter. And so there was this sense of like worthlessness in me that well, you know, uh, people are not going to hang around, um, you know, and 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 so this this attack that came, you know, man, it landed right on that wound, <laughs> you know. And so God said, okay, so are you going to deal with that, Ian? Are you going to deal with that stuff? And, and so I did. I went, I, you know, did some prayer ministry, some theophosphate. Got God's truth in the whole thing. That actually, yeah, Ian, yeah, he never took your life. You know, you, were, you weren't alone. I was with you. Uh, you've, at the time, you were terrified. But actually, I was, I was always there, and I was always protecting you. And so it's like, okay, God, you've got my back. I can do this. So you've got to dig in. You've got to let God to work on your heart. And, um, and so my idol, see, in there was actually, I don't want people to not like me. I don't want to have confrontation because then I'm just, that taps into that sense of worthlessness, right? So, so I could have gone, oh, oops, okay, flag the money, do, don't do the gold coins, we'll just do whatever, you know, and, 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 and revert. But actually, no, God was asking me, will you deal with that? It's a good decision you need to do with your heart. So he works concurrently. And, and, and so that's what it looked like for me, was this, um, is that God, he, he deals with your heart and its layers, and he, and he keeps working. And I was, it was interesting, even I had a, got a, a ministry opportunity down the track, and I was talking to Miriam about it, and I was like, man, I feel, I'm feeling like really uh, uh, on edge about it again. I haven't felt this nervous for a long time. You know, it's just like, okay, so where's that coming from? And, and it's interesting, it came back to that, the memories of being bullied again. And, uh, and I said, okay, well, what's the truth? And uh, see, this is the Holy Spirit, right? He'll tell you the truth, and sometimes it's quite jarring. And, uh, and I just got this picture of Elijah, and I, and, the, and I felt the Lord say, Ian, you get an intimidated bully enemy, even when he just speaks. It's like Jezebel with Elijah, you know, she just said, hey, I'm going to come after you, and he ran. She hadn't gone after him. It was a threat, but it, and it was like, oh, shoot, that's me. Yeah, I do that. And, uh, and on recognizing that, actually, it, it really helped. That, and, and would you believe it, this last week, uh, I, I, um, that boy came to Oxford, and I bumped into him. 30 years down the track, I haven't seen him. So do you think that's on my right? Like, is God speaking to me? <laughs> so look for the abnormal. Like, that's like out of the blue. And I'm thinking, okay, God, you're, you're raising me up. You're wanting me to take a step that we're actually, if I don't deal with that, and I went in another layer of it, it's, I'm going to be unhinged, and I'm not going to step into everything you want me to do. So that's why... Your heart, everything comes back to identity. Why don't you step out? Because I'm fearful. I heard a great quote as that fear is faith in the devil. (laughs) Oh, 
God, okay, I need to deal with that faith. <laughs> I need to move that faith over to you. I need to deal with my insecurities and my fears and stuff like that. So he will, and he wants to. He's a good God. But he's not going to cover up a wound. He's not going to slap a band-aid on it when, he's, when something needs to be pulled out of it. He wants to get in underneath it and lift it up. And uh, so I just want to encourage you with that. L- allow God to deal with your heart. And as you do, you become more and more familiar with the enemy's tactics. And, uh, and you see it a mile off, and you can just speak into it. And it doesn't affect you so much. And, 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 you, can, um, and you can help people uh, you know, in, on their journey as well. Uh, the last point I wanted to make around what he, how he works with us is actually, for me, actually reading the Bible is so key. It is so key. But read it like you're in it. Allow the stories to shock you. Allow the stories to impact you. Allow, imagine, I was, I was reading about um, uh, Bartimaeus, you know, and, and, and it's in Matthew, sorry, Mark 10. And he's, he's blind, right, and he's on the side of the road. And they're on this journey, the disciples and Jesus, on this journey to Jerusalem. And they, are, can't, they can't work out Jesus. They, they, they don't understand why he's prophesying that he's going to die and this sort of thing. And they're struggling to understand, like, what the deal is. How, how are we supposed to follow you, Jesus? And this guy, who's a beggar on the side of the road, starts calling out. And he's like, you know, Jesus, come, you know, come here. Come, you know, uh, have mercy on me. And, uh, and it says that the people around him rebuked him. And the word there is the same word that Jesus uses to cast out de- demons. So it's like, shut up. It's like, you, like, what are you calling out for? Like, just get a life. He doesn't want to speak to you. You know, and they came at him hard. And, uh, but, but, and he's blind. So he can't even see Jesus. But he carries on calling out. And, uh, and I was thinking, man, would I, have I got the courage to do that? You know, have I got the courage to admit no matter what people are saying, no matter what my situation is, no matter if I feel like I'm blind and I can't see him, but I know he's there, well, I, am I going to keep calling out? See, the, the word is revelation. And when it gets in your heart, it changes everything. It gives you the perspective. And, and so that's, you know, the Bible is, is it's your foundation. It's your bedrock upon all your experience. That, you know, that have, it gives you that something to, to judge things by. Because hearing from God is subjective. So, who, so, you know, who's right? So the only way you're going to judge that is, is when you come back to the Word and weigh it up and, and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and do that journey. I was thinking of Mark 5, um, sorry, uh, the Gerasene, the demoniac. Can you imagine, like they said that he could hear him screaming in the hills at night, you know, when he's cutting himself and chains couldn't be broken and, and like they must have tried everything, right? And then Jesus comes along and one word delivers him. Like just let that sink into your spirit. Man, he is a, <laughs> he has authority, man. Like that, that a legion of demons must obey him. And that same authority is available to us. Because he said, I will not leave you. The Holy Spirit's in you, like for like. Authority, his power, his, his personhood 
is right here, right now. He's in your heart. Ephesians 1, that we are sealed by the, the, power, uh, by the Spirit when we, when we put it, made a decision. It's like a down payment, a legal document that says no matter what happens, you are sealed and you are going to heaven. Uh, and a bit like your sale and, sale and terms agreement that you get, you know, that in one month's time you own that house. That's, that's what that, that means there. So last uh, point is just don't be, oh, so, yeah, blind Bartimaeus. So, so man, so get hungry. <laughs> get hung, deal, let him deal with your heart and read the word. Three things that for me have, have just uh, completely shifted me. And so parallel to that, working with the Spirit, like what does that look like? Or, and, how, and, and for me, probably the number one thing is do not be passive. See, the flesh doesn't want to step out, right? The flesh doesn't want to take risk. Uh, and so passivity is like your arch enemy to, to actually walking and to stepping out and to see God move in power in your life and ministry. And so you have to get on the front foot. And, you know, most often we sort of think, oh, we're waiting on God. I, I think it's more like he's waiting on us, yeah. you know? He is. He often is waits on us. And so some, so some of the things I say to myself is like, uh, so this morning, if Jesus walked into this church, what would he say? When I'm ministering to someone, I, I imagine like, man, if Jesus was standing right in front of Robert, what would he say? How does he see him? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. He knows it's not, it hasn't been easy. Bro, you've stood. Wow. I just really want to honor you, man. Wow. Well done, good and faithful servant. He sees what you've done. See, because I get out the way. I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking about what they're thinking of me, or what about other people. I'm, I, you know, your mind can only think about one thing at a time. <laughs> so, if you start focusing on Jesus and you start thinking, if you were here, God, what would you say? And you start to tap in. You see, childlike faith. It's it's just like actually. Um, like partnering means the opposite to passivity. Like, like the Holy Spirit will not open your mouth. <laughs> he will not put. He will not make your voice box work. You have to use your voice box, right? So, so it looks like okay, God, you've. I am a child of God. I am. I'm not a servant, but I'm a son. So I've got an inheritance, and you love me, and you love the people. And you want to speak to them. So I, and I'm here. So, so I'm going to believe right now. You're going to give me the words in order to, that you want me to say by faith. And I'm just going to start speaking. You know, and that's how you step into it. And it's actually, I know Greg talks about hearing the hit. He likes um, shooting. And uh, he would say, like, when you, if you hit flesh, it sort of, it, it sort of has a, um, a sort of a, 
um, a, I don't know, how to, like a squash, I guess, but you hit bone, it's like a smack. And it's like, and from a kilometre away, you can hear it when it hits. And I guarantee you, when you speak out and stuff, there might be, there's going to be a bit of you in there. That's okay. But you'll know when it hits. And they will know when it hits. And it'll be like, whoa, you know, I've heard from God. He's worked through me. And then, and then you, you get a little bit more courage, you know, and then you try it again and you think, whoa, that worked, you know, and then you try it again. And that's how you build it up. That's how relationships form, by just hanging out and by learning his voice, learning what, that, uh, what his voice looks like for you. It's, it, takes, uh, it, it just takes time and it takes, it's a, a tuning in. And um, I remember once when uh, I was in a, a, a meeting and, and a pastor came up to me and says, oh, can you pray for this, these guys? And I was pretty new at the game, you know, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, all right, I'll give it a go. And, uh, and so I thought, yep, yeah, sweet. So I stood there, and, uh, and he didn't move away. And I was like, oh, darn it. So I had to do it in front of the senior pastor. Great, you know. And, uh, and this guy was there, and he, um, and he uh, never met him before, right? And I thought, and so actually, sometimes that's the easiest way, like when you've got no, you do not know that person. And so I'm there, heart's going about 100 miles an hour, and I'm like, okay, God, let's do this. You know, childlike faith, you're going you're gonna to give me the word, and I'm just going to believe that this is it, you know, and I'm going to step out. And I just can't get Tim the tall man Taylor out of my mind. <laughs> and uh, if you don't know, it's home improvement, you know, that, and I'm like, no way, like, that's, can't it be something, you know, really deeply, you know, spiritual, you know, but seriously, like, Tim the tall man Taylor, like, and so I'm like, and I just wait there for about another 10 seconds, you know, this is uncomfortable, quiet. And I'm like, oh, blow it. Okay, so I'm like, uh, bro, you know, I just, I get this word, you know, Tim, the tall man, Taylor. And, uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a carpenter. And I was like, oh, oh, awesome. You know, I thought, it means something, you know. And then, and then suddenly the rest of it just came. And it was like, wow, do you know what? Tim, the tall man, he sells tools. And, uh, and you're a guy who knows how to use tools. And, but what's happened, I believe, that God's given you something new, a, something, a, a new tool that he wants you to use. But you're a craftsman, and you want to do it perfect. You want to do it right, and you haven't picked it up. And, and the Holy Spirit wants to give you permission to make mistakes. He wants to give you It's okay if you make a mistake, but he wants you to pick it up. And it was like, Whoa. That's a thing, you know, it really, it hit. And I thought, my goodness, like Tim the tall man Taylor, like who would have thought, you know. And, but, but actually, it's like when you step out, that he will honor it. When it's in faith, even if you get it wrong, people or partially wrong or whatever, it's okay. People appreciate it. And, and so if you're starting out, use language like, you know, look, I just, I just sense, I get this word, does it mean anything to you? You know, it's not like lust sassed the Lord on my first outing, you know. And, and so it gives permission for people to weigh it up, you know, and they can say, well, yeah, yeah, no, that kind of hits, it kind of, you know, I get it. You know, and, and actually, and man, and you feel like, oh, you're giving, your, you're giving yourself permission to, you know, to make mistakes. And so, at the end of the day, either you grow in faith or you grow in humility. It's a win-win. Like, you know, it's, it's a good thing. So, 
so I encourage, so if you're hungry, don't be passive. Get on the front foot and start to tune into what he's doing. And in Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see the Lord is good. So you can put words around feelings and thoughts and tastes and smells. English is not the Holy Spirit's first language. That really, do you know, we had, at Wyoming, we had a lady, she burst into tears when she heard that. Because she, she didn't realize that she could, she could put into, you know, she would feel grief for someone. She'd feel like Bert crying, say, and she'd be, oh, I don't know what that is. And, you know, she'll remove herself. And she didn't realize that she could say, hey, I'm just feeling so grief. I'm feeling like, is there grief on you right now? Like, I feel like the Lord wants to lift it off. So you, you learn your language. Often I'll get oil on my hands, and I'll, um, and or my hands will get really hot, like boiling hot, like I feel, and uh, and and so it's a sign of healing that God wants to to do healing. Um, I know Greg; he gets like it feels like gets butter antsiness in his stomach, you know, and it's like, man, I just want to give something an uppercut, you know. He's like, he get, and actually, and for him, it's like. <laughs> That's like deliverance. He's like, actually, something's going on here, and the enemy's at hold, and I want to give it a, you know, give it an uppercut. And so there's a, there's a part where, but he's learned that over time, and he's learned to interpret the the feeling. And so the same, and so it, you might you'll be the same. You you got to learn what your language is, and it might be pictures, it might be hunches, it might be you just get a word. Sometimes for some people, they look, and that comes off that person. You know, it's like, man, i got bright, shiny, like, um, uh, what do you call them, shoelaces, you know. And, you, and it just, boom, stands out. Well, what are you saying? What are you saying about the, like, you know, it's the shoes. Are you, Lord, are you going to give them a new pair of shoes? Are you, are you talking, is it mission? You know, and you start to, like, Lord, if you're standing, what is it? How do you, what are you wanting to say to them? That's what it looks like. So look for that, yeah, the normal. And uh, look for the things that stand out. And, and often it's the Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit who's working. Probably the biggest one for me is that it's caught, not taught. You could read a hundred books, right? But uh, it's got to go from your head sometimes to your feet and then to your heart. It's only when you step out and walk on it that, that things shift. And so, model it. Find someone who carries what you want and stick to them. And, get, and, and ask them, oh, how I started in prayer, I was terrified of praying for people, you know, up front and that sort of thing. And I thought, oh, Greg and, uh, sorry, um, Morris and Miriam and, and the others, uh, you know, they're super busy. And, and so I just asked one of the elders, and I said, hey, bro, can I, could I just be a shadow? When I see you come up to pray, can I just stand by you? And, and I spent like about two months, and I'd just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, amen, yep, you know, and I said nothing, you know, and people, and, uh, but, I, but I did it in humility, like when we came up, would say, um, hey, would, um, uh, trying to think, um, Russell would say, you know, hey, is it okay if, if Ian's here, and he just listens, and he just wants to pray with us, and and it might be yes, and other times it's actually no, it's really sensitive, and I'd rather if it was just you. That's okay. But, uh, but I started to pick up the language. I started to pick up how things, 
how people flow. And, uh, and I went to intercessors because I, I wanted to learn how intercession works. And so I remember I would, we would have coffee afterwards and be like, Miriam, what the heck just happened? <laughs> like, please explain, you know. And, uh, and it would be like she got a word and, and it caused a breakthrough. And so I'd be like, so how did you get that? Can you unpack that for me? Because I didn't get it, and I, and I'm, but I want to get it. You know, so what did that look like? What, what, did, what did you get? What caused you to go take it in that direction? And so when it's modeled to you, you can catch it. And so it's about, see, what, what, you, uh, what you celebrate, you, ex- you accelerate. What you honor and what you come under, you can catch. And, it's quite, and it may not be people who you've got a huge connection with or you think, I don't really like them that much, you know, or I, they don't click with them. But the question is, but can you honor the anointing they carry? Because you see, the Holy Spirit will not give you authority if you can't be under authority. And often you don't know until someone says no. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, when I, we always sort of we have a bit of a chuckle about it at times, we sort of like, you know, when you say no, like, oh, you know, you're a bigot, you're a so-and-so, you should, you should be letting me do it. Oh, whew, got that one, sweet. You know, that was the right decision. You know, yeah. <laughs> but when they go, oh, that's okay, look, I just felt like, um, you know, I just... If I could help and serve and da da da, and, oh, uh, okay, maybe we need to, like, they're coming. You know, you're looking at what what's the spirit that they're coming in, and and God will test it. He will test you. He will put you in situations where uh, where your heart is tested, and and so it's so it's not a fail. It's actually you need to go back and sort that out. You know, and. And because he wants you to carry, and but he wants the glory. I mean, how many times I remember pray for people for, for like, say, for the gift of tongues, right? And they receive it, and it's like, woohoo, sweet, got the gift of tongues. Six months later, you're like, oh, have you used it? No, 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 no. I just, I just needed to check that I've got it. You know, that I've just, just want to make sure I'm not left out. You know, so wh- what's that? <laughs> Man, was it, was it about me then? More about me feeling like I'm not rejected or something? Or is it, uh, you know, rather than actually God, He's given me a gift so that I can start to speak a heavenly language that, that actually the enemy can't even understand. And that uh, and your words and your prayers could bring breakthrough. But I'm thinking more about myself than actually about that gift. So we're, God, he's wanting us to steward his presence. And we're, and we're all, our hearts are idol factories, man. <laughs> uh, I remember it was, Jordan Peterson does a, a great um, uh, talk on Cain and Abel. You know, and, and if you don't, so first generation of people, you know, who were born naturally after in the garden, right? Cain and Abel, two brothers. One kills the other. <laughs> Good start to humanity. The point is of a whole thing, he, he's made a point, it's not whether you're Cain or whether you're Abel, but it's how much 
of Cain is in your heart and how much of Abel is in your heart and who wins. That's what it's about. See, the anointing over Paul, uh, sorry, over Saul and David, everybody goes, I want, I, want, I want David's anointing. I don't really want Saul's, right? But, but actually, it's the same anointing. It was anointing for kingship. It was anointing to lead the country. It's the same anointing. It was on, sitting on different characters. One was flawed. One never dealt with his stuff. So insecure. And anything that would be, you know, anyone underneath him who started to see was seen as a threat. Uh, it was the same anointing. So I encourage to say, God, God, he wants to move. He wants to use you. And what's the time? <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, we're doing good, aren't we? Sweet. So lastly, childlike faith. That's my final point. Childlike faith. That God wants us to be like children. And so the best example I've got is a kid. <laughs> uh, about 10 years ago, we had... Actually, no, it would be about six years ago. She was, she's in youth group now, and she was 10 at the time. And her name was Bridget. And... Uh, the, the, the Ignite, which was the kids' service, they were out there and they were soaking and the idea we had, we, had, we thought, right, we get the kids to have a soaking time, to, uh, they'll um, get words of knowledge, they'll get some prophetic words, just stuff, and then they'll bring them into the service, we'll line the kids up, and they're going to pass the microphone along and they're going to say what they are and if, that res- and if that resonates with you, we ask the adults would come forward and let the kids pray for them. And man, I, I was just thinking, we've got to do this again because it was such a, like it was a special service, man. It was awesome. So Bridget gets this word. Now, I just want to get the phrase, the phrase of it. Um, yeah, she, she writes down on this page, like, there is a woman in church having trouble, sorry, having trouble having a baby. And that's what she got. And Tamar, our children's worker, a pastor, she was like, oh, flip, is anyone like in labor at the moment? Is there? And really discouraged. Just like, oh, shoot, there's no one. Like, oh, we can't, you know, what do we do? This is, oh, is going to go south badly. You know, it's, um, it's either true or it's false, right? Pretty black and white, that one. And, uh, and Greg was like, no, no, what if it's about conceiving? Okay, you see, she, she just reasoned it out. She thought, oh no, actually, that sounds like that sounds like labour, and no one's having labour, no one's having a baby at the moment, we know, and and sort of wrote it off. So anyway, so little Bridget shuffles out, you know, stands there, opens her little note. I think there's someone here having trouble having a baby. And Carolyn burst into tears. And she comes up in front of this little 10-year-old Bridget. And she's just like, man. And she didn't, she didn't tell her, the, obviously, the full story. But um, she had had an abortion years ago. Created complications. Her cycle was irregular, um, Beth was saying. To the, and we're allowed, I'm allowed to give this because she's testified. Um, and so her cycle was irregular, and the nurse, uh, the doctors said, "Oh, like it's n- like to be honest, it's near enough impossible for you to get pregnant." It's, um, 
and 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 uh, Phil wasn't uh, had issues as well, and and so anyway, they come up and to stand in front of this. They've been trying for two years, nothing, and they stand in front of little Bridget, you know, and she just sort of goes, "Oh, can I put my hand on your shoulder?" And so like, "Don't," you know, and then she just prays, "God, help them have a baby." <laughs> like it was like one sentence, right? Amen. And I was like, okay, that's it, done, you know. And, uh, but it was so special at the time, you know. And, uh, and so within two weeks, she was pregnant. Yeah. And they knew it was a, a 10-year-old's prayer. And uh, so they named her Faith. Nine months, Faith is now six years old. They've subsequently had twins. <laughs> like, like it's, and I've got and I've got a fourth one on the way, like due in, in like a couple of weeks' time. See, that's the power of the prayer. See, that we get out, we get so in the way, don't we? So childlike faith is not like, oh, it's beautiful and it's 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 pure and that, no, it's actually like it's basically I've got nothing to offer in the deal. I don't I don't bring anything of value to the table here. It's God, it's you. It's like, I am at your mercy. You're going to come through. And, and so, God, I'll just give what I've got. That's childlike faith. Because children can be real pains in the butts, can't they? <laughs> you know, they can, they can be, you know, they can be one minute, they're great. Next minute, you know, they can, they can be real selfish and real hard work and stuff. So he's speaking about, he's speaking about, that actually, the, the divine transact, uh, you know, that what happened on the cross, that actually it's not about us, it's all about Jesus, it's all about what he did on the cross, and that we have power and authority in him. Yeah. So this morning, um, as, the, yeah, as the worship team come up, uh, we just, man, there's some great words came out this morning in the, um, in the prayer meeting. And it was sort of like, one came out was about uh, Jonathan. And when he, he was like, man, I want, we're going to take the enemy on. And he said, either if they say something, which they're going to say something, because there was like 20 or 30 of them or something. If they call us up there, we'll, uh, we'll take them on there. Otherwise, they'll come down. We'll take them on there. And he says, and perhaps we'll win. And actually, and it's almost like, a, and, he, and it was that you know, there was that, that doubt, hey, there's that risk involved, right? But in the stepping out was the power. Because it wasn't about them. They had no confidence in their own ability, but they knew that the enemy was at them. See, there's no neutral territory, guys. It's either for God or it's against God. See, what we do is, and we step out, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a battle. There's, and so... I sort of felt like, you know, there's people who are weary this morning, weary of the battle. And uh, there's a verse in 2 Samuel chapter 11 where shalom is mentioned three times. And, uh, and, it, and it talks, it's actually in all the mess of Uriah and uh, Bathsheba. And it's where David sums him, summons him from the battlefield and he says to him, how is the shalom of Joab? So how's the peace of Joab? Shalom is complete uh, tr- it means like complete health, soundness of mind, emotional well-being, the absence of chaos. Like so, it's not just a little bit of peace. It's like complete and utter peace. 
And so he goes, how's the shalom of my army commander? How's the shalom of my, my army? And then he goes, and how's the shalom of war? And I was like, what? The shalom of war? Like that's, that's how does that work? The peace and war? And I felt the Lord say, Ian, it's okay to fight. It's okay to stand. It's not permission to be, you know, a horrible person. But it's like, we're in a battle. And when I heard that, and that went in for me, and it was like, oh. Because I thought there's a lot of angst at the moment, and there's a lot of disagreement, and it feels like uh, there's, you know, tension. And, this, and, I, and I thought fruitfulness looked like peace. But actually, fruitfulness can look like war. It could look like holding the line. And so I want to encourage you this morning that actually I, th- I feel like the Lord, he wants, he wants to bring a new wineskin to this church, to a new perception of reality that actually, like, man, he's for you, guys. He is for you. The God of the universe, the creator of the universe has got your back. And he wants you to fight. And he wants you to step out and pray for people. He wants you to see healings. He wants you to hold the line on things. He wants you, to, it's, like, it's like this, I believe he's got, he wants to put a wineskin that's like as big as the bricks and mortar you have in this place. You know, I, think, like, I believe the new wineskin is that big. And it's in you. It's not this building. It is you. You are the bride. You are, the Holy Spirit is in you. And he wants to come and bring you a new perspective and a fresh perspective and and fill you afresh and to revitalize you. You know, there's there's a tiredness and a, you know, and a, uh, that that comes just from, you know, physical. But But spiritual tiredness is not the case. He can lift that, and he can break that. That's just the enemy trying to take you out. So, um, yeah, we want to, yep. So I just encourage you now, we're going to sing this song, and uh, Beth, have you got a, you've got a word, haven't you? We're going to. Is this going? Cool. Um, as we were um, worshipping this morning, um, God just gave me a picture of a spider web, and um, there was a whole heap of flies that had flown into it, and they were trapped in the spider web. And um, I could see that they were struggling to get out. And it's almost like the thought was, man, I didn't even see where the heck that spider web was. I was flying along, I thought I was doing all right, and then wham, it just caught me, mm. um, almost like just unaware. But now you're in the spider web, and you're stuck, and I don't know how many flies have you ever gotten out of a spider web on their own? I don't, I've never seen any. Um, but you've been trying and trying and trying to get out of the spider web. But it's just like, it's almost like I've given up. It's too hard. I don't know yeah. how to get out of this. And I really feel that this morning, God is saying to you, just surrender to me. You know, um, I, can, I can release you from those things if you'll just surrender. If you're like, a bit like what they said, my right to surrender to figure it out. Um, 
like a, that desperation, like I just, I just need to get out of this. Yeah. And, and the words that I got um, about the spider web, it was um, despondency, tiredness, and fatigue. And I think that, mm. I think that is um, something that can really um, wear us down and you, you just, just come out of nowhere. But over time, it's just gotten to that point where I'm, you know, it's like I, I am stuck and I just want to be hungry again. I don't want to be yeah. passive anymore, but how do I get out of this? And I think God's saying this morning, I will get you out of this. Just surrender to me. Let my Holy Spirit huh. do his work and Amen. just and just give up and just go f- go for it. Amen. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Wow. Hey, would you like to stand?